the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Thursday, July 25th. We do apologize for the lack of Mini Break for the past two days. Here are Cracked Rackets. We've been busy with a ton of different projects we have going on this summer. Also, on the, just the podcast front specifically, we've taken the time this week to do a couple of GSPs, obviously, with Wimbledon being done, with the hardcourt swing underway, but not really fully in the throes of things. We took this time to look back at the next-gen ATP group, a group we obviously at Cracked Rackets are so fond of, look at the top 10 seasons from those next-gen players in 2019, myself and Max Rothman celebrating what we are calling our 100th episode. We may have passed 100 along the way at some point, but still we brought, you know, the two of us back together to debate our favorite topic. A very fun conversation. Part one of the podcast released Tuesday. Part two, I believe, being released today. So if you haven't, go take a chance. Give that a listen. We promise you'll enjoy it. And we want to hear from you. If you have any feedback, what your top 10 next-gen seasons are, uh, you know, you agree, you disagree with us, let us know. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whichever medium you're most comfortable communicating on. Obviously, we'd appreciate it if you guys could leave a rating, review, uh, five-star rating only, obviously. Listen, subscribe, share with your friends that podcast. This mini break podcast, our Cracked Interviews podcast as well, because we've got a lot of fun things planned, a lot of interviews either recorded or planned and scheduled to be released, so be on the lookout for that. We also have a very fun announcement coming on the Cracked Rackets front. Not going to get into it too much right now. Um, It's something that is definitely going to be celebrated together on this podcast, and we think you listeners will be very excited to hear about it. Uh, So just a little bit of a tease for you there, uh, but just stay on the lookout for that because I promise, again, you listeners will enjoy that. Uh, But with that being said, going to today just me steering the ship on the mini break. Again, a lot of other things going on in the podcast world, so taking it slightly easy on the mini break this week. Um, there is plenty of tennis going on, obviously, in the tennis world. Going to focus on the ATP side today. Earlier tonight, actually, I recorded the next-gen uh, WTA Top 10 Seasons of 2019. That's going to come out next week, so be on the lookout for that if you enjoyed the next-gen ATP version. The WTA, Matt and I get into a ton of fun debates as well. It gets really interesting once you get to the you know 8 through 10 range of any either of those lists. So be on the lookout for that podcast. But again, with that being said, a lot of tennis, a lot of American hardcore tennis, which not to be snobby, not to be you know weird about, but that is my favorite brand of tennis. It's the one I feel like I've seen so much, if not the most of, in my life. I'm just so comfortable seeing that. And there are so many opportunities for young American former collegiate or current collegiate players to play right now that, you know, that's my favorite intersection of tennis players on the ATP and WTA side. So very excited to see that. We're going to talk about not only the Atlanta ATP 250, but also the challenger going on this week in Binghamton, the Futures event going on in Champaign, some of the other ATP events as well. But with that, let's get into some tennis. So the place I want to start, Atlanta, the ATP 250. Before I got on the phone with uh, Matt, I got to see the 7-6-6-7-7-6 ending tiebreak of Riley Opelka's win over John Isner in the round of 16 at Atlanta. For Opelka, for this performance, not only is it his third win over Isner on the season, but look, he was down 4-5, I believe 15, or maybe it was 5-4-all, uh, 15-40 on his serve, fights out of that in the third set, 
31 aces against three double faults for Isner, 33 against eight. You know, after the match, Riley said John was serving a little bit better. And, you know, when you, he plays these matches, they joke it's a coin flip because it's really who makes the two returns and the tie breaks that gets the win. I think their last now 11 sets have been 7-6. But for Riley, he only makes 59% of his first serves but goes 60 of 66 on those points, 91% conversion rate. 30 of 45, 67% on second serve points, 3 of 3 uh, in terms of saving break points. Now Isner played well, 2 of 2 in terms of saving break points, 64% of his first serves go in, 89%, one percentage on that, 55% on the second. And look, total points won. Opelka, 116. Isner, 106. In the biggest moments, Riley made returns on the match point. He makes a second serve. Isner gets a good first serve, uh, gets a decent return. Riley leaves a backhand short that Isner comes in on. And I've never seen Riley Opelki, Opelka, Opelki. Opelka not only move, but hit a backhand pass with that sort of confidence. If you watch the point, yeah, Isner gets his racket on the ball. It's a nice volley, and it leaves it short. And then Riley has a moving forward forehand that he puts down the line, puts the ball away, secures the match point. Uh, but Riley Opelka, that that passing shot was going in. He wanted to win that match. He played big in the biggest of moments. You know, neither of these guys great on the return points, uh, but still just... It was good enough, and we, we now see this, you know, for the third time in 2019. Riley's not afraid of this matchup. He knows what to expect going into it, and it's just another in a stream of great progression in his year in 2019, what we've seen from him. It's why in that next-gen GSP conversation, I'm so high on not only his year, but just his upside because, again, when he does things like this, it shows that sort of potential. And for Isner, look, he got the title in Newport last weekend, so this result, it's okay. He lo- he won the title here last year, so he loses those points, but he made up for it last week. I'm sure this hurts. He's still rounding into form, but 6-7, six, 7-6, seven, seven, six, six, like not much you can do there. A good result for Isner, and or not good result, but he'll live with it is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but moving on through the rest of the tournament, you look at the draw, Daniel Evans today, a winner over Redu Elbot, 7-6-5-7-6-2. Cam Nori, former TCU and cracked interview guest, if you want to go give that a listen, a 6-3-6-4 winner over fellow next-gen player Soon Wu Kwan, Alexi Paparin, next-gen 7-5-6-3 over Pierre Zuzer Bear, the number four seed. And look, between Nori, Paparin, Opelka, the players playing tomorrow in the round of 16, Dimenauer versus Klon. Uh, so Dimenauer next-gen, then Ebden Tomic, no next-gen, but on the other side, Umbert versus Kasmenovic, two guys we'll talk about in the, or we talk about in that GSP, uh, both next-geners, and then Taylor Fritz, the two-seed versus Kevin King, Taylor Fritz, obviously a next-gener. This is when in these 250 events, because the Federer's, Djokovic's, even to a lesser extent, yes, Team and Zverev are playing right now in the 500s, but you look at the live rankings, and right now Kachanov, Medvedev, not in these servers, uh, in these tournaments. There are openings for these other young guys to make jumps, to make breakthroughs, and I think Atlanta is a quintessential example of that, and it's going to be a really fun tournament to monitor uh, throughout the rest of the weekend, and hopefully we get some fun next-gen matchups. I would be all in on a Fritz Opelka final. You know, the the groom versus the best man. That's the sort of drama we love here on the mini-break, so hopefully we get the chance to see that later on in the week. All right, with that being said, let's move on to our only ATP 500 of the week going on right now in Hamburg. 
number one seed Dominic team advances to the quarterfinals with wins over Cuevas and then today over Fuksovics, both in straight sets. He's got a really fun matchup now with the young Russian Andrei Rublev, who made, I believe, the quarterfinal at the U.S. Open in 2017, struggles with injuries throughout 2018, the beginning of 2019, has now strung together multiple tournaments with back-to-back win, with you know more than one win for the first time in a while. He beats Christian Guerin 4-6, and six, I think second week in a row, then beats Casper Ruud 367563. Keep in mind this is on the dirt, so Garen Rude, both finalists, and for Garen's case, an ATP title winner on the clay. Great wins for Rublev. Going to be really fun to see him match up against a team who, obviously, after Wimbledon, happy to play on clay, a surface he's most comfortable on, uh, rack up some points for himself. The other results from today, Jeremy Chardy over Gasquet, 6-5. and five. Chardy desperate for wins after the rough start to his 2019, so great to see him rebounding. Got the chance to meet him in Stowe, Vermont. You know, a little clickety-clack there, a little siren for me, please, Westoff. Uh, I apologize for, you know, the name drop there, but uh, yeah, it's, I'm just, it really, he's such a nice guy, and I really, I'm happy to see him succeed, and he's going to play another guy who's struggled, but it has improved, you know, is looking to improve his form in a stretch of hard court where he could certainly play his best tennis. Nikolos Bashlashvili, a 4-3 winner in the first round over Delian, now a 6-4-3-6-6-3 winner over Juan Ignacio Landero, who knocked out a next-gen player, Davidovich Fokina, in the first round. Yeah, that's a toss-up. I mean, neither guy's played particularly well on the dirt. I tend to favor Chardy. But it'll be interesting to see. And you look at the other parts of this draw, Alex Virev, who knocked out Nicholas Jerry, a winner the week before, so sore legs, but still impressive 4-2 and two performance from Zverev. I saw a tweet. He started the match with a double fault, ended with an ace. Hopefully he starts this season, you know, faltering a little bit, ends with a great run down this Howard Court stretch. Because I think at this point everyone's rooting for him, so that would be fun to see. He'll match up tomorrow with Delbanis, who knocked out Chachinato in three. The other side of that draw, a Klezan versus Krajinovic. Those guys, Krajinovic, a 6-3, 6-3 winner over Jura. Klezan, 2-2 two two over Altmaier, the wild card from Germany. You also have Jan Leonard Struff versus Pablo Carreno Busta and Rudolf Molliker versus number three seed Fabio Fagnini. I mean, Team Rublev, Fagnini, Chardy, Basilishvili, Zverev, Krajinovic, a lot of fun names still in Hamburg. It's a late ATP 500 on clay, and I've made the case before, and so has Matt Zamek, so have many others on why. Oh, nice little voice crack, but on why, uh, you know, clay this late in the season, meh. Not the biggest fan of it, but still good for those guys. It's going to be a fun result. It, again, adds to what should be an, a fantastic weekend of tennis. And then the last tournament on the ATP uh, 250 level, we go to Gestad, Switzerland. You know, not nothing too crazy happening there thus far. Number one seed Roberto Bautista, Gut versus Munar. Tomorrow's going to be fun. Sosa versus the uh, Italian wildcard Moroni. Uh, you have today Fabiano knocks out Sinego, 7-6-3-6-6-1. Steb knocks out Vesley, 7-6-4-6-6-3. Bottom portion of the draw, Carbea Spena, 2-4 winner over Travaglia. Uh, Ramos Vinoles knocks out two-seed Fernando Verdasco in the first round. Not him personally, Verdasco knocked out in the first round for the second week in a row. Vino- Ramos Vinoles, a 4-6 and six winner. You look at the last matches there, Ando Har versus Daniel tomorrow, Dennis Isterman versus Dusan, the Dusan who's coming off his first title of his career. 
again, there's certainly worse times to be a tennis fan than right now. It's supposed to be a dead tennis period in between all of this world team tennis, Binghamton. There's going to be a ton of tennis to watch. So just another thing, Gestad, throw it on the list of things you'll be doing this weekend. And, you know, tennis-related things, I should say, that you'll be doing this weekend. Um, but all right, with that, as I mentioned, one other thing I want to do, or a couple other things, but I wanted to take a focus at the challenger level because the U.S. Open uh, wild card series underway in Binghamton, and as such, we see a ton of former college, uh, you know, current next-gen, just guys in current college players in contention in the draws here. The round of 32 action finished in Binghamton today, or at least two matches to go, but we have our round of 16 matched up on the top half of the draw. Mitchell Kruger, a 6-4-3-6-7-6 survivor in his first match of the tournament against Gomez Herrera. Yannick Sinner, the young Italian of 6-4-4-6-6-4 winner over Barrios Vera. Colin Altamirano, a 6-2-7-5 winner over number 16 seed and recently turned uh, Ohio State All-American number one college player in the country, recently turned pro J.J. Wolf, 6-2-7-5. Altamirano, former All-American NCAA champion at University of Virginia. Again, it shows how competitive these levels of tennis are. Altamirano, also a former Kalamazoo champion, so the level of play is certainly high, and again, livestream.com backslash ATP, Mike Cation, who's been on this podcast, and crew, I believe, Julia Elbaba, the former UVA women's tennis All-American, on the stream with him this week as well. Really fun group. Go check that out. Duty Sela, 7-5-6-2 win over Strong Kirschheimer. Leshem over Pullman's in straights. Sigika over Ortega Almedo in straights. Purcell over Sarmiento, 7-6-6-7-7-6. Tabilo over uh, one or John Paul Frutero, who was an alternate after the one seed pulled out of this event. Uh, and then on the bottom half, no Ruben today knocked out by Gabishvili, 6-7-6-1-6-4. Ducky Lee over Vukic, 3-3. Three and three. Rybuk- Alex Rybakov, who again, I think he's now won 15 straight Futures matches after getting a title last week, wins two matches here in a row in three sets, 6-7, six, 6-1, six, six, in the first round over Sarevia, and then now takes out number three seed Sergei Stakovsky, 7-6, 4-6, 7-6. Alex Rybakov, two-time appearer on the Cracked Interviews, friend of the program, fellow Alex, so Westoff definitely give me an applause there for him. Uh, yeah, hopefully we're able to see him continue this sort of run because, again, we're all about college tennis and its development. And to see him have this sort of success right away, it's a testament to the college tennis atmosphere and what it's able to produce, get out of players in terms of their developmental curve. To finish out the results from today, Sekou Bangora, former Florida All-American, 7664 over Tide Kwiatkowski. Maxime Cressy, the Cleveland Challenger winner, 7-6-4-6-6-3 over J.C. Aragoni. So rough for the Virginia guys there, but maybe it's good that they avoid a head-to-head matchup. Don't break my heart because that would really hurt. Um, the other last match, ooh, UVA 2-2 two and two on the day. Richard over number two seed Ramkumar Ramanathan. Uh, Ramanathan, sorry, I lost my footing there. R- Ramkumar Ramanathan, two six seven six six two. Only McNally, Karlovsky, and Savi Menendez uh, left to play. But again, really good play up for grabs this weekend. You also look at the event in Granby, Canada. Many other good names. Uh, it doesn't matter where you look. There's going to be good tennis. Gambos versus Moria. Gojo versus Necris. Pospisil versus Ernesto Escobedo, who gets two wins in a row. Always great to see. Uh, Sekarov versus Kakaud. 
Ikel versus Lee, Petrovic versus Uchiyama, Harris versus Diaz, Galerno versus Polanski. Lots and lots of good tennis. And then the last thing I want to turn to, a futures event in Champaign. Again, always cool to see these college tennis uh, environments, college tennis hosts host an, AT, uh, an ATP slash ITF pro circuit event. You look at the amount of former All-Americans and just NCAA players still in play there. Jared Hiltzik versus Al- uh, Alex Kopasevich, obviously a little Illinois on Illinois crime there. Mike Shabazz versus o- o- uh, the former UVA great versus rising OSU freshman Cannon Kingsley. Jensen Brooksby expected to go to Baylor versus Govinanda, the UCLA star. Kareem Al-Alaf versus Keenan Mayo, formerly of Illinois, transferring to Loyola Marymount. He beats former teammate Alex Brown, 6'4", 6'7", 7'6", in the first round. I'm sure that was contentious. Araloffs, who I believe is an Illinois player, versus Alec Adamson. Errol Smith versus Florida's Oliver Crawford. Another Illinois guy, Montsey versus Stanford's Axel Geller. Illinois' Zeke Clark versus Liam Brody. Just great tennis all around. And that leads me to remind you listeners, if you've missed anything from the tennis world, you want to catch up on world team tennis, you want to catch up on just the next-gen ATP, WTA, Wimbledon, any of the action, Make sure you check out our website, CrackedRackets.com. Like, rate, subscribe the podcast. This one, Great Shot Podcast, Cracked Interviews Podcast. Check out Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Again, we want to hear from you. If there's anything we're not covering, you want us to change about these mini breaks, you have ideas for segments we should do, or you even want to come on the podcast, just send us a message. Let us know because we would love to hear from you listeners. But with that being said, I have to give a huge shout-out, as always, to our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, who have a f*** of an editing job to do and just day in, day out, continue the grind, uh, and we always appreciate their effort. But for my super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, and from our entire team at Cracked Rackets, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break, and we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.